2021 has been a strange year. Strange for pretty much everything, but especially for live music. Where 2020 was a quiet freeze, 2021 has been the slow crawl back towards normalcy. And after long lockdowns, bylaw changes, vaccines, new safety measures, and a host of other adjustments, the year is ending with music back on stages across town. There's still much to be done, but after having no live music, to having outdoor, plexiglass wrapped performances, to small festivals, we're at least finally back to good old fashioned in person concerts. But while it's been a weird year for concert goers, it's been especially tough for musicians. This is Kingston Live, and in this episode, we're on location at the mansion as Sideshow sits down with Ricky Brandt, aka Cacao, Jonas Lewis Anthony of The Wilderness, and Kira Roberts of Tiny Horse to unpack the good and the bad and the weird of another pandemic year. I didn't need to plan social activity because I would just like, oh, I'll go to Miziki and all my friends will be there. And it was just like, wow, the band's here, like, so good. It doesn't feel like a competition, it feels like a collaboration, and that's, that's really special, I think. Kings is my heart. So we're sitting down with three musicians today who have kind of made the most, I think, of, of the pandemic or at least 2021, as much as you can anyway, to talk a little bit about what 2021 was for music in Kingston. So uh, Jonas with The Wilderness recorded a new EP. They uh, announced a tour in 2021 as well. They released a cover of Bruce Springsteen's Atlantic City, and uh, he's also filled a big hole in Casador as well. Uh, Ricky, a.k.a. Cacao. He's, uh, I mean, you almost seem to energized or, or fueled by this whole pandemic thing. You were releasing music steadily throughout. You were busy throughout. Um, also being honored at the annual Mayor's Arts Awards as the recipient for this year's Creator Award, which is fantastic. And while most bands were trying to figure out if they could even keep going during a pandemic, uh, Kiara Roberts decided to start one. Um, uh, late 2020, I think it was, totally. started the band uh, Tiny Horse. So today we are at one of the first places I think of when I think of live music in Kingston, a stage that I think all four of us have probably performed on mm-hmm. multiple times. Uh, we are upstairs, the living room, on the stage at the mansion right now. Ricky, Jonas, Kira, welcome. Thanks for having us. Thanks so much for having us. So... If I can be as broad as possible with my first question here, it would be, talk to me about 2021 as a musician. 2020, you know, like we said, was, could have been pretty dark times. What was 2021 like as a musician in Kingston? Care go. I know, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to differentiate the years right now because my favorite <laughs> yeah, is like, I'm not sure. Blend 2021, so I feel like 2021 was actually quite fun and it was more optimistic and you know vaccines were rolling out things were kind of opening up and opportunities were being presented Push um, of energy for sure totally and then you guys were probably had the same situation where you'd sort of set up all of these shows or been excited about shows and then they kept getting pushed and pushed and pushed and i think that 2021 was when you know these shows that you'd been thinking about for 
years um, were actually kind of starting to happen. So I liked 2021 because I felt like it was 2020 for Tiny Horse, at least, was where we kind of started and wrote like a lot of our music and practiced a lot. Like one of the benefits of being stuck in an apartment with Ray all the time was that we were just always able to play and write and stuff like that. So I think that was kind of a benefit for us that we were able to get pretty tight so that when we were able to play, it wasn't garbage. Um, and it was, it was good. So yeah, 2021, I think has been exciting and we were able to just do different things, actually start playing shows. Um, it was really interesting when we started to play our first shows because we'd been kind of singing these songs for like six to eight months. And then we came to an audience and people sang them back to us, like just our friends and stuff. But we're like, Oh my God. Yeah. They had time to learn the words. Like this year has been, Okay, I remember January going into the second lockdown and just being, I think, the most miserable I've ever been in my life. Because the first lockdown at the beginning of COVID was terrifying at the beginning, and then it was the fucking best thing ever. I was getting Serb, I was gardening every day, I was walking my dog, I was like, retirement, this shit's dope, this will all be over by Christmas, you know, the war's over, (laughs) and it wasn't. So the beginning of 2021, when we were in lockdown, I was fucking miserable. And I started to think to myself, okay, I need to make a plan B because what I have been doing as a musician for as long as I have been able to walk, basically, that's never gonna come back. And it really did feel like it was never gonna come back. I tried to be creative in my spare time in the lockdowns and stuff, and it wasn't really doing it for me. You know, I was just like so bummed out that I'd like pick up my guitar and I'd try and do something and I'd just be like, oh, this sucks, I'm miserable. But then that lockdown ended and then I started rehearsing again with the guys in sort of like February, March, which was great because it was like the first time we'd actually all been in the same room together in quite some time. So it was like, yes, things are moving again. And then we got locked down again. And I was like, fuck, okay, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? Because I was like, I sure shit, I'm not going to bartend. And without being a musician, I do not know who I am. And my life is basically over. I was telling my girlfriend that I was going to move to a ranch and become a cowboy and I was like so serious about it that she was getting worried that I was just going to leave in the middle of the night thank god I didn't do that <laughs> I uh, would just like to point out that Jonas arrived here in a pickup truck yeah so <laughs> cowboy. we are we are closer and closer to that cowboy yeah. I bought a pair of cowboy boots did you uh, I did they cost me so much money and they hurt like hell I don't know how anyone does anything else. Uh, but that was like you know one of my court life crises but then but then that then that lockdown ended in June, right? And things just happened so quickly. I couldn't believe it. I got my first dose of the vaccine and I just like wept in my car on the way home because I was like, holy shit, I might be able to do this again. I might be able to go home and see my mom. I might be able to get on stage and I'm like one step closer to doing what I love and what I've thrown my life down the toilet to do, you know? And then August rolled around and live shows were allowed outside and then I've never been fucking busier in my entire life. It was like 2020, we didn't step, step foot on stage once for eight months. And then from August till now, we have not stopped playing. And I am so busy, I'm losing my mind. And it's the best feeling in the entire world. And the other night, we were loading into a show. And I was almost being like, oh man, loading sucks. And I was like, hang on a second, I fucking live for this. I, we, I, I bought this like, 
stupid $700 like rolling tool case that you'd have at a mechanics that we keep everything in and it's super convenient because everything is there but it's so heavy and so awkward and everyone complains about it but I was like lugging this thing that was breaking my back and I was like I've missed this pain so much <laughs> and now inside shows are happening and tours are happening and like festivals are happening and it's like just being able to plan for the future again and those plans are actually probably maybe working out since August I have been the happiest I've been I think in my entire life yeah yeah it's great to hear sorry no, no that's really no, nice. great but that's I will become awesome. a cowboy that's okay <laughs> working on it no I'm working Moved on it move to North America become a cowboy that's right? me I feel like the, like the wilderness now is very cowboy like you guys have your nipples out your leather vests on yeah the like, nipples I'm playing a lot of Red Dead Redemption <laughs> Ricky, what was 2021 for you, man? Um, I have a very different perspective being a solo musician as opposed to having to, uh, I guess, rely on anybody else. 2021 for me was a grand year. I think I've released three albums, what? a couple EPs. <laughs> yeah, and I got a couple more on the back burner that I want to release by December just so I can get it out. And it's just... So, yeah, at the beginning of 2021, I was, I had a lot of music to release and COVID and lockdown just invigorated me. I became more inspired than I ever had. Just as a solo musician, I could really hibernate and figure out what I really wanted to do. And through that, I was... Uh, I've been in a Patreon class uh, with a professional DJ from uh, Calgary named Sticky Buds. And through that, I've been learning production techniques and just a ton of stuff through uh, what I've been able to essentially adapt to my own work. And through that, I've just been making music constantly. I think uh, throughout the p entire pandemic, I know Future or Free released a... Uh, an album that was song a week during lockdown, but I think I've released over a song a week for the entirety of COVID. Right. For a hundred weeks, I think I have over 125 songs that I've made since lockdown, and I just feel like I've been invigorated to just be cacao. There's never been a better time. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much. And um, just, yeah, and being locked down with my fiance, she's really inspired me to uh, really just be as much as I can be and just try to create the most out there kind of psychedelic dance, electronic, funky stuff I can. And it's been awesome. I'm curious about this from all of your perspectives, but I, I want to start with Ricky for a second because you, you touched on it about how creative you felt during lockdown and you had a chance to really explore what cacao was and what that music was going to be. Right. How long into the pandemic before you started getting that creativity? Was there a lull or was it like immediately you're like, you know what, there's a few weeks I'm going to be sitting at home. I'm going to start making some music. When, when did it start for you? Started immediately, but there's been ups and downs uh, throughout the time. And just life 
as we had it, 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 it gets to you. Sometimes you feel invigorated. It, it has its ups and downs. But off the bat, I felt fucking ready to go and just make as much music as I can. But yeah, there's, there's been times where I've been feeling so demotivated and so depressed, especially after the lockdown. Like Jonah said, playing no shows, like I am a live performance guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've played for years together and yeah. we know the energy that we can put out on stage. And like that as a musician just zapped everything that happened within the COVID kind of creation. But through that, just I guess we all try to find our own tenacity and just keep on with the creation that we strive to do. Because what else would be do- we be doing? Why are we here, mm-hmm. right? Kier, I'm I'm curious about uh, your take on on 2021 as or, or just the the pandemic as far as getting into the creativity goes because like yeah. you know you started the band in 2020 totally. it, we were we were in the throes of of the pandemic at the point that that you started Tiny Horse mm-hmm. how far in did you realize I'm gonna I'm gonna start creating yeah I'm gonna use this time to create. It wasn't right away. Like, I think that, like, I just watched TV for, like, you know, six months straight and, like, just tried <laughs> well, to... Well, we're only going to be locked down for <laughs> yeah. a couple of weeks. This you know? will all be cleared up. Yeah. Just, like a, just like a sick day for, for, for months. But um, so I would say it took probably until the spring of, like, the first sort of lockdown for us to get going. But one thing that I find is that in order to be creative, like, I have to be bored. I have to have a lot of time to do nothing and just kind of let your brain wander to get an idea especially like with the guitar like I feel like if I'm just picking up a guitar for like five minutes I'm just playing the same like feist lick and then putting it down for whatever a couple weeks but when you're bored and you're just like sitting there doing the same thing I don't know I find that once the ideas start to come um, when Ray and I are writing at least I find that we'll we'll kind of get on a roll like in a couple days we'll maybe write two or three songs um, and then we'll stop for like maybe whatever a couple weeks but when they come they kind of come almost as like like a story like you get a couple characters going or you get like um a night or something so one thing that I found helpful was when things started to open up a bit was our first kind of songs that we wrote are kind of about us or like our feelings or or emotions and then when we got out into the world like the simplest thing like meeting a really drunk girl that's crying all night that was like we're like okay here's the idea and then we were able to like whatever write a song about that but like the smallest thing or the smallest interaction with like someone that we a complete stranger was really like a huge source of inspiration and especially like with our music I think a lot of it is kind of character based or like based off of like little moments that have happened in our daily life it was really awesome when we got to kind of get back out there but no I think that like if any artist you I don't know if you guys agree but you have to be bored you have to not be on your phone you have to like watch some movies read some books sit around and do nothing and then like that's kind of how the ideas come Mm -hmm. for me at least I once watched a TED talk that says uh, that it essentially in a nutshell said that boredom inspires creativity Mm -hmm. because that lack of anything fills a void for that creativity to come in and fill it. Totally. Yeah. Does that, does that work for you, Jonas? I'm such a weirdo. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm like super, super ADHD. Like I have to take like a pretty high dose of Vyvanse every day just to like not be a complete fucking disaster. Um, 
I'm on a Bellify, man. So. Oh my god! I, I, I just you. got off that shit. That shit dude. sucks, dude. Dude, it, 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 it works for me. Well, I'm happy. I'm happy to hear that. I'm happy That's that great. what works for you yeah, works for it you. It took dude. a long time, but yeah. now I figured cool. it out. Um, yeah. <laughs> but with that in mind, like, I was on like such a high dose of antidepressants and like mood stabilizers for most of 2020 that for me just sapped any kind of creativity out. You know, like we just had written until tomorrow and recorded it and then the first lockdown happened and I was like oh well I'm not inspired to write any songs because I've just written so many songs for an album and I kind of feel a bit empty now so for the rest of the year I wasn't really writing and I was trying to like sort of like force myself to write something and then like my brain was just like a you know brick wall you know like I couldn't get anything out um and then blah 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 changed up my meds blah 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 Vyvanse everything's great Long story short is like, I can't sit still. I get bored and distracted very easily and the distractions are like a really difficult thing for me to to work through. So I just can't do anything productive at home. That's my problem. I think that there's too many just distractions at home. In January, I was trying to write some songs and I wrote one that I am actually quite proud of. But it's the same thing, like when I was in high school, I was such a shit student. I could not focus. I'd go home to do my homework and I wouldn't do it because I'd go to the fridge and, oh, what's in the fridge? Oh, there's ketchup. Oh, is that a squirrel? Preaching to Ah, the choir, brother. I wonder if that squirrel has eaten ketchup before. (laughs) Now I'm on YouTube watching squirrels taking baths in ketchup. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if I'd go to the library... That, this happened, homework. didn't it? The squirrels and ketchup. Yeah, thing. It did. that was too specific. Yeah, I, to so not have just happened. So Dirty. many ketchup-covered squirrels. Um, but if I go to the library, right, yeah. in an environment that is like, okay, you need to shut the fuck up and focus on your homework. That for me was like, okay, I have to do it. And there were fewer distractions. So I found that right, trying to write at home and trying to do it in my bedroom, yeah, you know, where my dog's jumping on the bed, my girlfriend's trying to sleep, or you know, people are, like my roommates are coming in, and I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. So I, that's why I found it really, really hard to be creative at home. I've always found it much easier to go and be creative by removing myself from like my normal home environment and like going somewhere different or working with somebody who can be like Jonas, pen. Paper, guitar, get to work, work, you know? And since coming out of lockdown and since not having to be at home all the time, I've been so much more creative. But the downside is I have less time because I'm working and, you know. But yeah, I just can't do anything at home. So wait, where do you do it? I, so I like, I'll go, I'll go for a drive sometimes and then I'll like bring like a notebook or like I'll go for a walk and I'll bring a notebook. I like, I've written so many songs walking my dog. Which I guess I could have done during COVID and lockdowns. Hindsight's twenty twenty. You got yeah. Oh hey, thanks man. Yeah, right on. <laughs> um, yeah, like we've as a band, we've always gone away to like 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 a little cottage or like a, a cabin to, to do writing. That's where we wrote until tomorrow, and we're going to oh, okay. a buffalo ranch in BC this month. To do some more writing. One step closer to being a cowboy. Well, guess who booked that? (laughs) Guess who booked that Airbnb? I was like, guys, I don't know. It's perfect. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like like around Kingston, like the place that I find it easy to write is just anywhere that isn't my house. Nice. If it's if it's my bandmate's house, if it's a. Sometimes I go sit at the bar, you know. Sometimes I go to a friend's house. I I don't know. I just I just can't do it at home because I'm an idiot. I agree with the car so much because I feel like, I don't know, the car's like, I feel like people that can't sing love to sing in their car. It's just like, 
it's like a soundproof moving you know you got your moment you got your music going Mm. but I feel like I probably should get so many tickets from the Kingston police because if I if I have an idea I like you know we'll turn the voice memo on and be like trying to like like sing loudly into the voice memo and I have so many I probably have like 40 sketchy voice notes on my thing being like dad oh god here we go like probably with like yeah the radio on in the background because I feel like sometimes if you hear a song it can you can kind of get like almost like an instant inspiration from it where yeah. you're like oh they yeah. should have done this. Yeah, like, and I'm about to do that. And I'm yeah. going to steal yeah. this. Yeah. Just expand yeah. it. So the car, I totally agree. Yeah. The fewer, the, tra- the fewer distractions for me, the better, I think. That's why I like headphones. Headphones are great. Headphones in solitary confinement. So your music, do you ever have lyrics or is it most, it's all instrumental? Yes, I do have lyrics. You do, okay. <laughs> Sometimes. I have uh, more lyrics on features than I do with myself. But I like to write lyrics, and I find that some of the best lyrics that come out of Cacao are my own. Cool. Yeah, like the song Flip the System. Okay. I wrote it about indigenous rights and empowerment, and just kind of a big spiel of that as everything was going down. And yeah. What would you do if they take away your money? What would they do mm-hmm. if you took away your mind? Right? Mm-hmm. So... And that's, I have so many features of just like rap tunes. And Mm -hmm. that's one thing about the pandemic is just, I found so many homies just wanted to create so many music and I was just pumping out so much that it was just logical kind of thing to be able to do with a bunch of friends, get a bunch of features. But then I started, yeah, I think I wrote, I, I only have like four songs of cacao that I've ever written lyrics for and I just yeah I think they're the best in that sense Sick. yeah because I feel like if you're right like all of your music is so incredibly cool but so music like it's just like so many different music lines and things that I feel like when do you ever like when you're writing it do you write it in your head or do you have to be on the bass or have to be on the guitar so when I write my music I'm usually just at my DAW and it all comes out in one conscious stream cool Lyrics are so far beyond me. I have to get in mode like Jonas says. It's like, you have to be there. It just comes to you. And I rarely have that happen. But when it does, it's just like you guys know, it's that stroke genius. You're like, fuck yeah, I wrote the best song that I've ever written. (laughs) Right? And it's that next kind of adaptation of what you do. But... Yeah, unfortunately, I haven't spent enough energy, and COVID has really gotten to me in that. I've spent so much time learning production techniques and soundscaping and synthesis that I've just backed away in sense from writing lyrics when in Shishlang I'd write half yeah. the songs, right? Yeah. So, Man, I want to invent like a waterproof notepad and paper because I'm always singing shit in the shower but that's amazing I'm right. trying to write it on the condensation and it's fucking gone <clears throat> I wrote a love song for my dog in the shower that I thought was like amazing and then for me it it's needs, gone it's it needs gone. to be the a love song for your dog doesn't exist toilet anymore paper. it does not that's a that's a damn shame I know dude that's a damn I, it just, shame in what, like, I, I have an idea and if I don't write it down immediately it's gone I had uh, two cats die and I wrote songs for both of them <sighs> and the I've worst. never released them 
They're just completely emotional. Do you think you would? Absolutely. You, you'd release them? Yeah. 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 There's there's a largely different side of me that is just not like funk all the time and super energy and cacao. Like I, I like to cry to music every day. Same. Yeah. Like man. I get up in the morning and I <laughs> yeah. listen to like things like knock me off, knocks me off my feet by Stevie Wonder, and I just think about my fiance and just how beautiful the world is and my cats and you know it's yeah. just the greatest thing my favorite playlist to i've ever curated get outside yourself is called crying on the kitchen floor oh, fucking and i play it every monday night when i'm bartending at red house between the hours of 12 and 2 a.m because there's fucking nobody there <laughs> well i gotta just get you on that man. drunk cooks and we're just sitting around crying What's until i it? close the bar it's got like ken yates and uh donovan woods Ooh. and uh just sad, just sad stuff. stuff you know the saddest tunes you need to put some sister mahalia jackson on there man sister mahalia jackson she is the most soul of soul singers that has ever inspired soul singers she will make oh. you cry man, i love i love crying you are. I cry a lot <laughs> So if you're ever in need of a good cry, uh, so Red House from midnight till 2 a.m. on Monday Mondays. Nights. Okay. Yeah. You can Jonas come cry with me and the be. one cook who's there. He's got his crying playlist. Yeah, crying on the kitchen floor. That's what it's called. So uh, while we're on the topic of, of writing, did any of you feel a, um, I don't know, like a need or, or a pressure to write about the world right now like not just the world right now because that let's face it there's more going on than the pandemic mm. uh, you know ricky you've obviously already touched on that absolutely um but the pandemic did you ever feel like i think i gotta write about this this is something that needs to be i don't know documented or or cataloged in uh, music fuck i mean i don't ever want to fucking talk about covid I don't want to. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to. I don't want to hear the words social distancing, anti-masker, anti-vaxxer. You know what I mean? Like it's just been so yeah. draining. And there's so much division behind and so it. Mu- yeah, man. and like, and like, the thing is, is it really should be over by now. But there are, you know, there are people who are just choosing to prolong this forever. Right. Um, As there will be. So, I guess like the short answer is like I don't want to sing about. COVID. Totally. I don't want to write about COVID. I don't totally. want to give anybody any <laughs> reasons to ever think about this shit ever again. But one of the things I have been trying to write about is how fucked up the world is aside from COVID. And I think lots of the, the, the issues that we're seeing right now, you know, a lot of the things have stemmed from, you know, the situation that COVID presented, you know, like pandemic made everybody stop. It made us question like where we get our food from, you know, Who's bringing you the food? Who's serving it to you? Who's like working in the factories? Who is making money in large quantities and who is suffering? It largely imparted uh, a state of civil unrest. I mean, Mm -hmm. America almost had a coup happen. Yeah. And it's being overlooked so blatantly. And it's just like, well, these crazy things are happening. And now how can we ignore it when like... So many things of an umbrella of the COVID experience is happening. Mm. So we just blanket it with that, Mm -hmm. right? And then we don't engage upon different things like we should. Mm -hmm. Because, like you said, man, people are just... Some people have unnecessary... Mm. 
uh, it's, willingness, unwillingness to, you yeah. know, just be a part of the human experience. And yeah. Like the best part of it. Right. Yeah. Like the other, the other thing too, is that like, you know, I think people have taken this opportunity in this time. And they, I think everybody sees the world quite differently. You know, one of the things like I work in the service industry, it fucking sucks. Like working in the service industry throughout a pandemic has been utter dog shit. It, it, it hasn't been as bad as being an ICU doctor or an ICU nurse or a, a myriad of other awful jobs like first responder. You know, imagine yeah. driving an ambulance right now. Scary. Yeah, terrifying. Yeah, but, you know, so many people have left the service industry in monumental numbers. And people are like, I just don't understand why these lazy millennials don't want to work. Actually, no, they don't want to fucking die bringing you a fucking Bud Light. That's why. Yeah. And the ones that have left Precisely. have either found a job that is better and treats them better, or they have died. Because in the service industry, aside from the medical care, and this, these are statistics from the states, so take them with a grain of salt, but the highest uh, death rate in any workforce outside of healthcare in the US in, 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 during COVID were food service workers and people who worked in bars. You know, you're touching things that go in, in and out of people's mouths was, every day. Yeah. It was the only setting that you'd go in like before people got vaccinated where you were the only people wearing masks and every fucking everybody else wasn't. And you get a couple people, you know, get a few beers in them. They forget that there's a pandemic going on. I had someone spit at me. I had someone take a fucking swing at me because I told him to put his mask on. It's been dog shit. So yep. people have been Thanks. leaving the workforce. Yep. I've been because, harassed because yeah. yeah, because of the pandemic and trying to enforce and yeah, yeah. and that's just the, health protocols. That's the shit that I that riles me up. It's really kind of shown people for who they really are, you know. And it, it's kind of it's shown me how fragile our society is and how things are hanging on by a thread and how so many people are being so terribly abused in across the board and how other people just keep getting fucking richer and there's, that 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 really there's such me a up. degree of of absurdity to what is all happening there in that sense we have billionaires going to the moon fuck and you and we have Elon Musk pledging $6 billion to help save world hunger. Why don't you just pay your the, fucking taxes? In, to the UN, right? Why don't they all pay taxes? Yeah. Anyways, Kira, what about I you? Felt, well, I felt, Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's good, nice. I, I didn't feel... Um, that never like came where I wanted to write about the pandemic or, or anything like that, but I found that... And I didn't even think that I'd be really into listening to like music and movies about it. Like I'm, I'm kind of on the same page as you guys where I'm like, I don't mm -hmm. want to hear about it again. Yeah. One song that I love that kind of was really double COVID and with the Black Lives Matter was Anderson Pack Lockdown. Mm. Ooh, and that yeah. song yeah. nailed it. Like mm. it was like it talked about the issues. It was like it what was very clearly like about about something very like specific and about COVID. But it's such a good song. And I think. I think when he said he wrote it, he wrote it for like when people were out in the streets and he felt like he needed to whatever, have like a bit of an anthem going. Mm. And so I think that there are some good songs that are kind of in, in that vein um, that I do like that came out of it when I didn't think that maybe Absolutely. I'd want to listen to it. That's a sick song. That yeah. reminds me, Chromio released a whole COVID inspired album. And it was just funk songs about like Clorox wipe yeah. and like stuff like that. <laughs> Some people can do it like paper. nicely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Vaccination. Thank you for listening to Kingston Live. 
Be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. For more great Kingston music, check out the Kingston Live playlist on Spotify. For show listings, artist info, and all things Kingston music, check out kingstonlive.ca. You can also hear our sister show, Kingston Live On Air, on Amherst Island Radio and CFRC. Let's talk about the light at the end of the tunnel I was talking about earlier here mm. as, as we take a little bit brighter of a turn. <laughs> Sorry, I just tried to. No, no, it's down. all right. I got it's my all right. soapbox. I'm uh, the, so, so. 2021, we saw the return. You you talked about it off the top, Jonas, mm. how important it was to you that you were able to get back on stage. First outdoors, behind plexiglass. I feel like I remember you guys playing a show with little plexiglass, like, connected to your microphones. Uh, I think that was at McKinnon Brothers, yeah. if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, you know, just getting back on stage. Now that things are opening up more you're able to play to larger crowds you're, you're just you're able to play more normal shows than mm. let's say at the beginning when you know you were singing into a plexiglass thing on your microphone what has it been like for you guys to get back on stage this year it has been the like the best feeling in the world like i I've just like I've cried every show that we've I cry all, all the time. <laughs> Cowboys cry too, right? But like I just I've cried every single show because it's just like yeah, like I thought I would never get to do it again and I really was questioning what I was going to have to do with the rest of my life if I couldn't do this again. And the fact that people are coming out and that they are excited and and like crowds recently have been the best that I've ever seen them because everybody mm-hmm. has missed live music and there's a new appreciation for it. It has just been so wonderful and I, I'm so overcome with joy and it's really reminded me how fucking privileged I am that I get to do this that has been such a huge reminder that I am so lucky so so lucky that I have A survived a pandemic so far <laughs> so have all the people I love more or less and somehow through through the miracles of science and people listening to scientists <laughs> and people who know way better than them, uh, we get to do those things again. You know, like this is my this is my life's work. This I don't know who I am without this. So so getting back on stage was very nerve wracking. I was very nervous, but it feels amazing. It just I can't even describe. If I, if I could bottle that feeling from the first time getting on stage, like in August of this year, after so long, and sell it I, I just couldn't put a price on how good that felt it's the best Kiara you talked about your band starting and you had like eight months before you could even get on stage totally, yeah. anyway what was it like to be able to actually get on stage and play in front of people it was the first show that we did was at the Isabel Bader which I feel like both of you guys have played that space mm-hmm. yep. so you just feel so cool walking oh, into that that's you a know, great beautiful first show. Yeah. I know and <laughs> yeah. oh, everybody that works there is so like nice and, and anyway we walked in and it was like this is also awesome one of the things is like every show we've done has been sold out because you can have like ten people there so we're like sold out so we sold out the Bader with like I think it was 70 seats or something so we go on the stage we're like all excited and we look out and you can't see anyone like it's like my aunt Catherine and then like my friends here and like everybody's like nine seats apart and we're like okay a little different than you know what we were anticipating but still very very fun like I agree. I think that, like, I'm definitely fueled by live performance, and I love being in front of a crowd. So actually getting to do it in front of people was awesome. And 
I completely agree with what you said about how audiences have been just incredible. I feel like even just as an audience member or whenever we've done a show, it has been so fun to be there. And I feel like people are just excited to be out, excited to be seeing their like favorite musicians and things like that. So no, over, overall, like I think one silver lining that we can really kind of take from all that happened is that I think people have a newfound appreciation for for the artist and especially on a local level like I've never felt really more appreciated people treat it like it's like a sold out Scotiabank show you know mm-hmm. like and you're at the mansion which is can make it feel even more awesome you know mm-hmm. like it's it's really it's been really fun Ricky um it's <laughs> it's been a mixed bag I honestly gotta say I've I've been really nervous getting back up on stage and I've had a lot of anxiety to the point where I've been coping in different ways that necessarily haven't been healthy and that just spirals me into this anxiety of being on stage and being present in public. And it's just that and that's the one thing that COVID has done to me is Mm. that throughout all my creation, I feel most unapt to be doing it live now, even though I consider myself completely a live performer. Uh, I've had a bunch of performances out and it's always hit, but there, there's been certainly a mixed bag. I mean, I'm definitely a underground artist. <laughs> I mean, you gotta be in a vibe to come see a cacao show. <laughs> it's not easy listening by any means. Aside from all that, playing live is just invigorating. Mm. Now, just as as getting back into it, it feels like I just got to work in those new boots mm-hmm. again, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I started off Cacao just, a, like, a half a year before the pandemic hit. And I was playing some shows. I played Halloween here at the mansion, played Musiki, Toucan, and all these places, but then... The, the confidence of it just completely left from me for, for being able to play live and knowing how I can really bring it. And that's something I'm trying to come to terms more with now, especially as I create more dynamic music and understand how the performance aspect of it all fits in because I create the music and then I think about performance after. Mm. And it's a very different thing where it's you guys work with your band so you know directly how you're performing it. So when I go and create all this, these albums of music, I got to think, oh shit, now I got all these gigs and I got to figure out how the sets are going to work out. I play guitar and bass and synthesizers over top of my music. So it's a really, it's been a bit tumultuous, I gotta say, coming back out to the live kind of scene just for me. I, I, I share the anxiety too. The other thing too is like interacting with so many people after not interacting with people at all. Yeah. That, that was really fucking overwhelming. Like back to the farm, well, there was like 6,000 people there and it was crazy because I haven't seen 6,000 people in the same space in like, it literally had been two years to that point. Yeah. But it was okay because it was outside. But the first indoor show we did was actually here and 
it was a couple of weeks after Back to the Farm and, and the Blue Stones show and like busy shows with thousands of people. Yeah. But I was terrified for this show because it was inside. It was like, are you going to do the cutting ribbons, kissing babies, shaking hands thing? But yeah. there's a pandemic going on and you don't know. I, I just hate how like I've become fearful of people that I would never be fearful of before because I don't know whether they, well, at this point, no, maybe they, I think everybody did have to be doubly dosed at that point by the time they were indoor shows. But you know what I mean? It was like getting back into the, the thing of live shows. I'm like, is the person who wants to give me a hug and take a picture with me who isn't wearing a mask, are they vaccinated or not? Because you know what I mean? And yeah. like, that's been really stressful because you do want to give everybody the time of day after a show who's come out and yeah. spent money and blah, 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 blah. But also like, I'm really don't want to get COVID and I'm doubly vaxxed and stuff, but still like, there's still a chance, you know, and I don't want to give yeah. it to somebody else. And I feel the exact same, dude. I'm a double kidney transplant patient, immunosuppressed, and like I'm on the high risk side of catching COVID. And that's been a huge concern for me for being able to be, even go out and play live is mm. should I even? Mm. As far as the performance anxiety that you both kind of touched on, does it change once you're on stage? Or does the anxiety change yeah. at all on stage? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I think people people see my onstage persona and they're like, that guy must be the most confident person in the world. I'm throwing up no. in the bathroom before. No. Uh, and then I'm and then I'm like totally. like rocking myself to sleep in the fetal position, be like, Oh god, I'm so useless. But my my pre show anxiety like was at its peak in twenty nineteen to the point where it's pretty debilitating. Now I feel like I get like a, a decent level of nervousness that's healthy yeah. and as soon as i'm on stage it's, it's just adrenaline yeah what, just, what about you kira yeah no I f i'm always nervous before i go on and i've done like i come from like a theater background and i never really got nervous when i was doing improv or theater or things like that and then when i started improv scares the hell out of me yeah totally you don't know what's gonna happen man but for me it's like if i'm if i'm just singing and i'm on stage like say ray's playing the guitar i'm way less nervous but it's when i have to play the guitar too and i'm honestly like i'm pretty like getting a bit i'm more confident and like i think i'm a good guitar player and stuff like that but when it's you're doing both like guys that's hard it is <laughs> tricky to and then you're like i wrote this song what's the next chord where am i going and i've been kind of approaching like incorporating more like solos and stuff into our music and the first times that you do it you're already on stage and then you go and you're trying to make a solo sound cool and the first couple times it's not going to sound cool uh, it's okay. going to sound it's like walking through friggin like fire it's like me 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 sort of thing so i find that if i'm just just singing i'm way less nervous but when i'm actually accompanying myself too um i get way more nervous but honestly been playing since playing like with with ray as well i find the second you have someone else on stage which is maybe you should well actually you do play with other people sometimes don't you ricky a vocalist when they want to okay when i decide to. but i feel like when it's more than one person up there like my nerves go down yeah so much because it's it's more fun you're like okay yeah you can get pumped up together and you can do a hug and be like yeah let's one two three show i, yeah. I get exactly that but with my homies and like okay with before. myself yeah yeah yeah. It is it is nice to know that you have somebody or some group of people up it, there with you that you like can It's like having an anchor up there. Yeah, it's like, and you guys are there together. Yeah. 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 You, you you all live through the same thing. Like before COVID, one of my favorite things was when we all fucking bombed a show. Oh. We'd all get into the van and just leave <laughs> Omaha, Nebraska in the rearview yeah. mirror and be like, This place fucking sucks. <laughs> Fuck Omaha. Yeah, we suck. were the ones that were dog shit. <laughs> But you know you can you can you can experience totally. being dog shit together. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and not just uh, for you for your music. How have you seen just the scene in Kingston change 
over this last year. Has it changed at all? Oh gosh, it's gradually changed. I'd say music is more accessible because people are willing to uh, just invite that sense of like, hey, I don't know what's going on. I'm gonna be home. So I might as well delve into something I don't know more so. I got into bands like Future Free, Hinterwood, mm-hmm. Hallowood, uh, just a ton of bands through that kind of sense of everything. I feel it's really invigorating. I think a lot of people also just really refined during this time, you know, like, okay, what can we do better? Like one of the things that we did is when we were able to, we got together and we rehearsed like crazy. And mm-hmm. then we were doing every rehearsal with a sound guy and James Atkinson, who's the sound guy here at the mansion. James and we would, the man. He's the man. And we, we brought Pete, uh, Pete Ferrand, who I just found out after calling him Farnard for a year that that's not his name. <laughs> I'm the worst. He's he, a French. Yeah. <laughs> Pete Ferrand would come to our rehearsals and do lights too. And we just really tried to refine. And, and I've noticed that a lot of musicians around town have been doing that. They've really been honing in on their craft. And like, absolutely. Just, you know what, man? Musicians are some of the most resilient fucking people on the planet because the amount of curveballs thrown at, at musicians this oh. year and how in the last two years and how everybody has been able to adapt and okay we're going to move everything online and then okay we're going to mm-hmm. do seated shows or we're gonna, you know what I mean like at that point I find Kingston musicians really freaking resilient like there's been so many people like Ted Evans live streaming and doing so many crazy different outlets and like really like you say honing in on their work really like inspiring their craft until they release it because we have this time Mm. it's super fucking cool I think it was kind of cool coming out the other end of it too because I feel going into it there were certain people that you would see playing often and now that we're on the other side of it there's a lot of new names and a lot of kind of new stuff going on and Mm -hmm. And I think that that's that's exciting that that a lot of people got it got it really together, or even just like maybe even develop more songs so that they feel like they can, yeah. whatever, start a do, headline a show, not have to open for someone again, yeah. like Excel that sort of thing. Live performance, and then yeah. And you know, it's such a cliche. You don't know what you got till it's gone. Blah blah oh. blah blah blah. But I really feel that audiences, not just in Kingston, but hopefully everywhere, everywhere, have realized holy shit. Live music was such an integral part of our lives. Like, think about it. What are you going to do this weekend? There's a band playing at the Toucan. Let's go check them out. Oh, yeah, my buddies are touring and they're playing at the mansion. Let's go. Like, <laughs> going back to see, not to perform in a live show, but to see a live show. Oh, my God. It was the best feeling ever. Because I'd played shows, but I hadn't gone to see one. Yeah. And everybody, everybody I was standing with, I went down to see Brother Elsie at uh, The Merchant a couple weeks ago. It was the first live show that I'd gone to see since COVID. I wasn't playing in. I went on my own. I was just elated and so was everyone and I think everybody really realized how integral music is to their lives and not just recording music but live music is to their Mm -hmm. lives and everybody's been making an effort to go and enjoy that experience and pay for it and support them by buying their merch and so on and so on it becomes spiritual at that point like we need it it's a part of us it's integral right Mm -hmm. do you guys have any tickets that you have lined up people that you're excited to see I'm going to go see the Honest Heart Collective at the album release show in Thunder Bay on Saturday. Oh, cool. Because um, we're driving through. And I'm going to go see the Manchester Orchestra in oh. March. Oh, is cool. Super stoked. And maybe, 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 maybe I'm going to fly home to England and see Sam Fender for my sister's birthday. But Whoa. maybe. Nice. Maybe. 
How about you? You like Sam Fender? What? I am that obs- is surprising. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you? A cowboy like you, eh? <laughs> yeah, I know. A, a British cowboy man. like you that likes Bruce Springsteen. I am a very, very <laughs> peculiar person. Uh, I, I have like a small fortune out in tickets right now, but my next show that I have tickets to, I have uh, tickets to the Bahamas show at Sick. the Spire, nice. which I'm stoked for. I'm really excited. This is pretty random, but Ali and AJ, the Disney Channel stars, they came out with an album this year. It is incredible. It's like awesome pop music, and I have tickets to see them in April, and I am very much looking forward to that. They want you to go, this is a potential breakup song. Absolute slap for that one. Seriously, and yeah, their album is, I would would recommend it. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to see Phil of the Future in the future. (laughs) Um, no, uh, Sam Coffey and the Iron Lungs nice. are playing on my birthday this Saturday for free. Oh, cool. So yeah. I think I might go check that out. Yeah, that's that's about it. Sick. Where are they playing? Here at the Mansion. Oh, they're playing here at the Mansion. KPP is putting it on. Right on. Their oh, cool. only free concert going on, and it's on my birthday. So I'm like, oh, yo, perfect I'm bringing the crew Happy out. Happy birthday, that. cacao! Thank you. <laughs> We, we talked about how 2020 and 2021 kind of blended together, right? Totally. Like early on, I, I asked you a question. You're like, I don't even remember what, <laughs> what happened in each of those years. They're just kind of all one thing. So this might be a difficult question. But speaking of Kingston music, I'd love to know what your favorite album or release was over. We'll try and do 2021. But if it bleeds into 2020, I'm not going to fault you for it. Okay. Julia Finnegan. Oh, love Julia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's great. Dude, her, I, I can't remember if it was 2020 or 2021. I think the singles came out. I think it's 2021. Yeah. yeah, I think it was yeah. 2021. Yeah. 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 Like a single came out at the end of 2020. Yeah. And then the album came out at the beginning of this year. Yeah, I have listened one. to her record start to finish like a hundred times. I think Plain Jane is like one of the best. Oh the my God. best songs. That's yeah. on my Crying on the Kitchen Floor playlist. Totally. Yeah. Cry to Plain Jane. Yeah. She is amazing. Yeah. Technically speaking, awesome. it came out in 2020. Oh, but but that's okay. Ooh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to okay. let it slide. Okay. I'm going to okay. let it slide. I don't have the exact date. But. Oh, December 2020. Ah, okay. <laughs> so I'll let yeah, that okay, slide. Okay, okay. I'll let that slide. I'm a big fan of Shan Alcorn. And she did... I don't... I'm not sure if she... No, she did. She released, I think, a single, and then she was part of the KPP at 20 videos yep. that recently came out, yep. which is another thing that I think has really risen to the surface is, like, video live sessions, mm. which are my favorite things Same. to watch. Love yeah, that. Love them. Your so guys' love, was awesome, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. Yours was cool, too. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Was it the hottest day of the whole year when they filmed those? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it just happens to me. You must have Yeah. <laughs> it was... Anyway, those videos are awesome, but um, I really like Shan and what she's doing, so I'm going to say Shan. Do you have a favorite record? Future or Freeze producer was just spot on. I mean, the, the, the dreamy synth-like tones and the way they're able to stretch out what alternative music is, I found that really connected with just what I was looking for in Kingston. And they don't even play any of the synths live. And I'm like, guys need a synth player (laughs) (laughs) i know a guy i know a guy i'm trying to think of like other great releases this year like i'm i just i'm drawing blanks but i know that there was a lot was it kingston specifically uh, yeah, yeah. Drip and Drizzle by cacao oh yeah (laughs) Yeah, flip the system by cacao 
100% like a cow. <laughs> I've Look had a releases. I think there's five of them. Hinterwood just came out with their music a few weeks ago, yeah, and it's right. called Flamingo's Pretty Pretty. It's a really different kind of and song, they just but it's switched, very cool. Uh, lead singers yep. too. Yeah, Sadie. Yeah. Sadie is now singing for them. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, she. Rocks. I just recently had an interview with her on CFRC. She's awesome. Nice. Yeah. Totally fits the band too. Ryan, what about you? Favorite Kingston release? Put you on the spot here, bud. Yeah, no, you are. That's that's okay. You're three Kingston musicians. Yeah, right? no, yeah. well, I was, it's, <laughs> Atlantic City. It's yeah, you know, I really did like Atlantic Thank City. Thank you very I, much. I, I, I've always, and it's funny because I've always loved that song. Me too. Um, I bought your guys' last record last year too. You dropped it off at my house, and I wasn't there. Oh, sorry to see you. Cheers. When when did the the Bathhouse recordings come out? That was 2019, wasn't it? Uh, no, we so. Until tomorrow, like the like the the full album came out in August of 2020, and then we did like some live stuff. But yeah, the, the album yeah. came out in 2020. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's like I I would have probably if I guess we're talking 2021. Uh, it's tough to say, but yeah, I I love that record, Jonas. It it, it was Thanks, excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, I really and, wasn't looking for to be like, hey, Ryan. Talk no, about no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, and, I mean, but go I've, on. I've, I've told you I'm a fan before, so it's not like it's it's no secret. I'm Thanks, I, I'm, I'm a fan of what you guys are doing, and I'm really excited to hear what you're doing with Casador as well. Thank you. We actually got stopped downstairs here at the mansion while we were going to get a drink. Some guy's like, I need to know what it's gonna sound like. And I'm Tell like, me what it's gonna sound. What's like. What's going on there? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. Just got to equalize that gruff voice. Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, well, was it uh, Oak Ridge Ave's album come out oh, in 2021 yeah, totally. as well? Yeah, really yeah, yeah, that was fantastic. So, yeah, so there, there's, there was some really good stuff uh, that came out in 2021, or again, some stuff's blending together into 2020 for mm-hmm. me too, but yeah. I think it was a really good year creatively, at least it seems like from from someone on the outside for music in Kingston. Uh-huh. So that mm-hmm. being said, what do you guys hope to see in 2022 for music here in Kingston? What do, what 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 does it look like to you? We need we need a venue. Yeah. I I I, I think there needs to be a medium like you guys say like a medium sized venue yeah. mm-hmm. host all bands all kind of events. Yeah. I've always had this, envisioned this thing where it's a festival of Kingston and it spotlights on a weekend somewhere friggin' big. Just all of what Kingston has to offer, regardless of genre. We get DJs, we get rock, we get folk, we get bluegrass. Yeah, there's a lot of Everything. And that's what I've always envisioned Kingston could do, is just put on... Like an Ottawa Blues Fest, but of Kingston, of the most bangingest bangers that you have of every (laughs) genre, get everybody in together because music is what connects everybody, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter. It it would be nice to see next year if there was a mid-size, mid-size venue, you know, uh, open up. Now that I feel like there's a high demand for live music, like we, the mansion is amazing. The Merchant is a decent Merchant, venue. Like there's a, there's blues, a ton of places that great. have live yeah. live music. These are all fairly small venues, though. But the, yeah, there's yeah. no there's no like perfect like mid sized venue that could bring totally. in like you know like touring acts and stuff like that. Because yep. it's either like the Mansion, which is correct me if I'm wrong, one twenty five or L House, L House, L House, and this you know like L House is, is is good, and then it's. Yeah, and then it's and terrible. The, well, the further back you go in the balcony, yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, then, exactly. and then it's the Leon Center, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. like, I feel like a good mid-sized yeah. venue would be great. But I also think 2022, I think I would like to see 
everybody get their second dose. I'd like to see the COVID numbers go down and I'd like to see all of the bands and musicians who've really busted their balls to stay afloat, you know, and keep the rent paid. I'd like to see them do well mm -hmm. and yeah. get back out on the road and be healthy and make music and opportunity. Yeah. yeah, I'm really excited to see what happens with the grandstand because I was so yeah. stoked when I saw that. I feel mm. like everybody wants to play the McKinnon show. And then when they started doing it, like actually bringing in bigger acts, like first off, it's so awesome to see a show out there and be outside. But yeah, I think that I'm really excited to see where the grandstand goes because it's a really cool idea. It's amazing. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I know like Jonas, you've played it twice now mm -hmm. with uh, the Back to the Farm and with uh, the Bluestone show. I just as someone who was emceeing Back to the Farm, just standing on that stage it felt like a whole I've always loved Back to the Farm yeah even even when I was on stage on the hay wagon introducing Greg Ball or whatever I, I there's something about that grandstand just felt so tangible and so real right it was the best stage I've ever played on I loved it yeah. so much room for activities and I was, wearing my, <laughs> I was wearing my cowboy boots and I was slipping and sliding it was awesome it's a beautiful stage and it feels like Woodstock. I don't know. It totally. does. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah, totally it's, does. It's, it's a little bit different. Like I think it's a really cool thing that Kingston's going to have. That I hope that I hope it gets used a lot yeah. when the weather it's is ready for it. Yeah. yeah. Like you, I think you in the last podcast you guys did with them, they were saying that you know Kingston doesn't have like the Molson Amphitheater or the yeah. Air Canada Center. Right. You know what I mean? But it could be that, and I really hope it is that. That's a yeah, Kara. That's a wicked idea. It's a great point. I think that will be huge next summer. So we need to put. Ricky's festival idea <laughs> on the grandstand. I think we've got. I think we've got a plan. There's enough plan. talent in town to just head it out of the park. <laughs> I think it would be awesome. I think, and yeah, I'm very excited to just see what they do with it. Totally. What you know? What? Yeah. what and who is, comes what there? Yeah. Because I feel like oh, you could get yeah. some pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, you could. And they, they've just been such an integral part of the music scene. Yeah. You know, over the last few years, like, you know, they're a brewery and a functional farm and they have done so much for the music scene just intense you know yeah. it's like it's really incredible that those guys what they do for the community and like how they support everyone and they're just so nice like the whole community around the farm it like and everybody who works there it's like it's a real privilege to like have them you know who they, they give a shit it's and, and it's a, it, you know it's everything from something like back to the farm where you've got you know these large bands playing with local bands to going there on a weekend and seeing Christopher mm -hmm. Jackson totally. you know <laughs> while you're yeah, having totally. some beer you know yeah. like it, it it really is they, they they have embraced it right yeah absolutely and and i think i think there are a lot of venues in town who have who have embraced live music as much as they can in this in this weird world that we're living in, unfortunately for places that relied on live music so much. I mean, the mansion was a place where, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, you know, uh, that was what I thought of when I thought of the mansion was this yeah. stage right here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and seeing bands on it. So I can only imagine what it's been like for a place like the mansion to rework their business and, and, and figure out their life and their world. Yeah. Uh, but to be able to embrace it now, I think is a big thing. And I hopefully, for me, if I'm answering my own question, in 2022, <laughs> we do see these stages used a hell of a lot more. Mm -hmm. totally. And, oh, yeah. you know, to, to your point, Jonas, people having both their vaccines and able to be arm in arm again. Yeah, totally. Um, would be amazing. Yeah. Also, I would just like to say that the mansion has been so amazing over the last uh, year, you know, 2021 in particular. Like, we were rehearsing here. Yeah 
all the time getting ready for shows and that was like it felt really really good to be practicing and rehearsing on the stage again and making use of the great sound system and the stage and the lights and stuff it must have been very hard for them to be a music venue not have live music in it and they were really great in like making the space accessible and safe for people to rehearse so they could get ready to play shows again yeah. and shows we will play <laughs> in bountiful quantities I hope fuck yeah Best of luck on the tour, by the way. Jonas. Thanks very much, Just man. Kicking totally. off, uh, as we record this, kicking off later this week, so hopefully your van is in place by then. We hope it makes it. And you're yeah. ready to go. I hope so very much. I, uh, I went to Costco yesterday, and I bought like 300 masks, hand sanitizer, and I got rapid COVID tests. I'm like, touring in a pandemic is fucking weird, yeah. dude. Like, <laughs> this, is not, this would have not been on my checklist two years ago, but thank you. <laughs> Jonas, Ricky, Kiara, thank you so much. Uh, I mean, 2021 is a weird year to look back on. Yeah. Hopefully 2022 we can do something like this again and it, it, can, it can have a lot more uh, positive answers and, 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 and a lot more. And again, no, that, not, not saying that it was, I'm not saying you were a downer. Jonas looked at me right away like you're talking about me. I, I am a downer. No. I am a huge downer. But, I bum everyone out all the time. But, but I just mean hopefully in 2022 – there is a lot more positivity in the music scene and in what's happening because that light at the end of the tunnel is getting bigger by the day. Absolutely. And hopefully in 2022, we're, we're, we're out of the woods, right? Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks exactly. so much for having us. And Kingston Life Podcast is So amazing. cool. And yes. I listen Best. religiously to you guys. So Every day. Thanks for doing everything you do for and all And for keeping of us. everybody updated with what's going on. Yeah. Like, if I ever need a social plan, like, you're, you guys are really on it for what's going on around town. So KingstonLive.ca. Get all the music listings there. <laughs> Thanks so much, guys. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Cheers. This has been Kingston Live. We encourage you to rate us on your listening platform of choice and subscribe where possible. For show listings, artist info, and all things Kingston music, check out kingstonlive.ca. Kingston Live was produced in Kingston by Titan Sound. Hosted by Sideshow. Writing and research by Peter Sanfilippo. Voiceover and technical production by John Sanfilippo. Promotional photos by Virginia Meeks. Executive producer Rob Howard. Kingston Live is a member of the Canadian Live Music Association. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at podcast at kingstonlive.ca. So on Thursday, we went up to the gig in Ottawa in a convoy. I borrowed that truck, and I sent everybody else up in a convoy, and then I realized that the trailer lights weren't working. Oh, shit. So then I ran around like a headless chicken trying to find somebody to fix the trailer wiring while the rest of the band was already on the way to yeah. Ottawa. Ooh. Nobody could do it. Oh, After I put $175 fucking dollars worth of gas in there oh, and then yeah. I had to switch it out with another truck that belonged to my old boss and then cool. I filled that truck up <laughs> and then I came back to Kingston and then I found the next morning the reason why the trailer lights weren't working is just because I hadn't turned them on. Oh. Are you fucking... <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Shit. There? Well, good thing you didn't like pay for a mechanic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Just get me a fucking van. Just awesome. Get That's me a why van. I chose to just be Kakao. Yeah. <laughs> I don't ever want to play in a band ever again. Just <laughs> saying.